The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Laugh. Yo, he did it. Yo. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. It's the, the radio version. That's the edited version. You doing yeah. it like Jerome Tang did the Wildcats during that run. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Welcome back, huh? Yeah, I'm back. Let me get this tweet out real quick. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. I'm back, man. Took about uh, five days off from work. Went to Denver. Uh, me and some buddies from Mizzou, we've been making it a little annual tradition to spend the fourth together and uh, saw a couple shows at Red Rocks. Um, went to a Rockies game. It was cool, man. I, I, I like Denver as a city. It's expensive. They think they're L.A. with some of the prices, but uh, it, it was fun. It was cool. Who did the Rockies play? Man, it was terrible. One one ball game in the in the ninth inning between them and the Tigers. Tigers scored three in the top of the tenth, and uh, that was about it. But they did a bunch of fireworks and stuff. It was raining all weekend. Apparently, Colorado is having like a really wet summer. Missouri, yeah. if y'all listen to this from KC, y'all know ours has been dry. We in a drought. <laughs> we in a drought right now. But Colorado, it was it was going in. We got some people chiming in in the chat already. Jeremiah says Denver is expensive. <laughs> Did you get some uh, Denver Nuggets championship gear just to say, you know, since you're out there? You see nah, I should have grabbed an MPJ or something like that just to show some love. You know what I mean? Nah, but it was cool. They're still they're still celebrating. There was uh, banners and stuff everywhere and that kind of thing. I was down by Ball Arena because um, my buddy lives in, like, the Spanish art district. So it was cool. It's been, like, scootered around and did a bunch of stuff. So. Yeah. I could see, I could see uh, Denver being a nice little spot for people who are out there. Not if you want to beat the Chiefs. Obviously, it's been a long time since that's <laughs> happened, but it was cool, man. It was cool. Yeah, I've been to Denver once. I was actually there last spring. One of my homies had a show out there. He's an artist, so we spent the weekend out there. It was pretty nice, man. I was really surprised. It's a, it's a very underrated city. It's very clean too. It's a very clean city. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, it's very, very clean. Um, now they're NBA champions, right? So yeah, it's a. It's a Why you do your eyes like that? Because they swept, they swept you and your Lakers on the way there. Ah, <laughs> yeah. 
It was a competitive sweep, bro. It was a competitive sweep. A competitive sweep. <laughs> all four games were all four games were closed in the fourth quarter. That's that's you lacing up the cape right there, the LeBron cape. This man said a competitive, not even a gentleman sweep. A gentleman sweep is one thing. He <laughs> said it was a competitive sweep. I mean, that's probably what the Broncos fans say, right? Out of all these 15 games they lost in a row, a lot of them were competitive. Like it's not like the Chiefs. Or just blowing out the Broncos. That's true. They've had a couple. I'm thinking one that stands out to me right away is the scoop and score, Melvin Ingram to, oh, yeah. to Nick Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like the Chiefs kind of were on the ropes before before that one right there. I think that was in Denver, kind of towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um yeah, almost almost blew that game in Denver last year when it was up like 21 to nothing. Well, Mahomes have three was that the three pick game? Yeah, he started getting cute with the ball and yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've said it on this record before. I've said it on this podcast before. I think this is the year. If that's our bold predictions, if that's how we start in Coast to Coast episode 49, I think Denver. I think they split with Denver this year. I mean, I don't think that's far-fetched. I don't think it is at all. I mean, if they were if they were going to do it, this would be the year, right? Second year, Russell Wilson. You got Sean Payton now. You still have a really good defense. And like I said, all the games, for the most part, are competitive. With the Broncos, the Chiefs just always find a way to kind of get it done in the fourth quarter. But I mean, I could see it happening this year. And if you look at the schedule, it's weird how they they play twice in like a three week span. Yeah, it's like six and eight, six and eight, I think. Yeah, so it's kind of like you're playing them so close together to where you would think, you know, it probably wouldn't be a sweep because they're it's just so close. There's no like gap. It's not like you're playing them week four, then you play them again week twelve. So we'll see. Let's get into it, man. Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, episode 49. Mark Gunnels is in L.A., Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City after coming back from Denver. Steven Serta's back behind the board. Man, oh, man. We're calling this a dry episode because there's really not a lot on the bone. But there's only going to be one of these because we are getting close to Chiefs training camp. By the time you hear our next episode, episode 50, the rookies will have reported the rookies and quarterbacks who will preview the training camp schedule, of course. We'll talk about the match, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes hitting the links out in Las Vegas and uh, proving some people wrong, man. Absolutely proving some people wrong. We'll dive into that. I think, did we did we give predictions on that? Did we give predictions on that? I don't think we did on the pod, but I did like on Twitter. I thought yeah. they were going to lose. I, I picked Steph and Clay to win. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. We'll do that. And then we'll revisit Super Bowl 57. Geez, can we, is this the last story about grass that we're, that we're going to do? Hopefully, please. I think this will be the last one. I, I feel like this will be the last one. I hope so, too. Let's jump right into it. We like making y'all part of the show. Always, if you're in the comments and see Jeremiah chime with us on Facebook, Cole says, hey, from YouTube. We also have a voicemail line. We love making y'all part of the show. 816-514-1267. Sir says we got a call, but nobody left a message, Mark. How does that work? Man, well, I don't know. I don't know how that works. It's a voicemail line. We say yeah, every episode, leave a voicemail. Yes, literally. Like, nope, we're not going to answer the phone. I know people aren't used to leaving voicemails anymore in 2023, <laughs> but this is dedicated strictly for voicemails. Guys. They thought you were going to, they thought you were going to answer the phone. Yeah, they thought I was going to answer all cool and be like, with my sexy voice. Hello. Oh, oh, oh. So you thought it was, you think it was like a young lady who called in and, and got nervous when you didn't answer? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> First topic is the match. It was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey against the Splash Brothers from Golden State. Steph 
and Clay. And Mahomes and Kelsey really ran away with it. Mahomes and Kelsey won the second, third, and fourth holes to jump out to a commanding lead. And the Splash Brothers didn't even win a hole until hole number nine. I thought this was something that was interesting from this. And there was a lot of cool stuff from this. Uh, Draymond around and uh, Chuck kind of adding his commentary. There's been a couple iterations of these. And since there have been a couple iterations of these, we kind of have some data points here as far as ratings. Sports Business Journal reports that 782,000 people watched this year's edition of the match. While when Mahomes and Josh Allen took on Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in 2022, there were 1.452 million people watching. So, look, make what you will of that. Um, it was on a different day, I believe. This one was on a Thursday. They've kind of tweaked this format a little bit. Uh, I remember watching one of these, and it, it was like nighttime, and they were trying to shoot stuff in the dark, and and now it seems a little bit shorter. This one could have been over in, in a hurry. Honestly, the, the, the Chiefs kind of dogged one of those holes at the end to kind of extend it a little bit. What do you think of the ratings? What do you think of the spectacle, the entertainment? Wrap up the uh, the match for me, Mark. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by the ratings. I thought it would be somewhat closer than that. I mean, obviously, you know, football is king, so you have all four football guys. Like last year, especially one of those guys is Tom Brady. And Aaron Rodgers is interesting, too, right? He's always in the news as well for his off-the-field antics or whatever you want to call it. So Wasn't he talking at a panel recently? Wasn't he speaking at a, yeah, uh, yeah. a, pharma he was a pharmaceutical rep now? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that one had more ratings, but I thought it would still be closer. I mean, look, the Warriors, I mean, Steph Curry, he's one of the most popular athletes in the world, right? Like, no matter what the sport is. And, you know, you always hear about the comparisons with Patrick Mahomes, kind of like the Steph Curry of football and the Chiefs are the – warriors of the nfl so you get those analogies a lot so I'm, I'm a little surprised the ratings weren't higher than it was but i think overall it was a pretty good idea to kind of mix the different sports and especially these guys in particular for what i mentioned just now but overall i thought it was pretty fun man you had draymond there talking trash von miller was there a lot of bills fans were pretty upset with him actually because he's kind of seemed like he was uh kind of catering to Mahomes a little too much. Like he, some audio picked up of him saying, you know, when Mahomes starts talking to you, I'm paraphrasing here, when he starts complimenting you on your game, you're it's over. done. It's over. Right. <laughs> so uh, I could see how some Bills Mafia people probably didn't like that. You know, when you're, you're chasing that guy and trying to beat him. But I thought overall the ideal of it, I thought it was a pretty good idea of bringing, mixing the two sports together. And they kind of pitched it as, you know, the, circuit of champions if you will so many rings between these guys and uh i know i saw light skin olympics was floating around a little bit too as far as <laughs> calling this match that kyle is watching with us on youtube says what's up fellas travis made the match more of an exhibition than it was supposed to be travis was on fire he was literally on fire because the outfit was crazy that man had on a knit nike sweater vest and knit short yo i'm like in vegas dog that that is that is a wild outfit choice i know he was perspiring the deodorant was working overtime but it was cool to see travis actually and i know we talked about this on, on 41 sunday sound off if you're rocking with us here in kc um i thought going into the match that he was going to be the worst golfer of the bunch because I just, I don't know, like, we know what Steph is. We've seen him in the Pro-Ams nonstop. We've seen Travis play a little bit in those, like, what is it, Tahoe or something like that, the Tahoe tournament. But it's mostly the beer antics that I end up seeing from him uh, that make the rounds on social. He impressed me in the match. He set up Mahomes when Mahomes really w wasn't 
I mean, he admitted it as much. He really wasn't on his A game. And still they kind of cruise in this one. And it was fun to see them on the stage and, of course, take home another title. Yeah, and that's why I picked Steph and Clay because I thought Travis was going to bring down the team too much. But I didn't realize how bad Clay was going to perform. <laughs> Clay was by far the worst golfer out there, in my opinion, from what we saw. Uh, like you said, we know Steph. Steph is – he's not as good as a PGA golfer, but he's yeah. pretty good. Like, Steph is really good. So I really thought Clay just had to be average for them to win. But Travis surprised me. One more note before we move on, kind of a faster episode here as we get ready for training camp. Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning beat Brady and Phil Mickelson on a Sunday afternoon. That had 5.667 million viewers, according to Sports Business Journal. I maybe wonder if that's the golf crowd kind of coming in and seeing Tiger and Phil versus this was just purely athletes playing out of their position kind of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you would have had Tiger and Phil against either combination of these guys, I'm sure the ratings would have been similar. Yeah, moving on now. We'll stay with Travis Kelsey, though. He featured in, he was featured, excuse me, Jesus, English all over the place, in Vanity Fair magazine. Nice little write-up here and um, a lot of good stuff. We're kind of recapping since the last episode. The one thing that kind of made the rounds around the NFL world was about specific to his salary. And this is something that we've mentioned time and time again, especially on this platform. Um, Vanity Fair writes, no one should weep for Kelsey, who's earned nearly $65 million in his playing career. He isn't crying either, but admits his associates bristle over his salaries. My managers and agents love to tell me how underpaid I am. Anytime I talk about wanting more money, they're just like, why don't you go to the Chiefs and ask them? One more part about Tyreek Hill, who got uh, traded to Miami and got a big payday. He says, when I saw Tyreek go and get $30 million a year, in the back of my head, I was like, man, that's two or three times what I'm making right now. He says, I'm like, the free market looks fun until you go somewhere and you don't win. I love winning. I love the situation I'm in. Travis Kelsey kind of unfiltered on something he doesn't really like talking about. Um, I've asked him about this in the past. I think it was at that Tahoe event last year. Um, kind of just kind of sidestepped it and had a very political response. This is a little bit more dressed down, in my opinion. And this has kind of been out there for a little bit, Mark. So what do you think about uh, Travis as far as these statements to Vanity Fair? Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. And it's one of those things, right, that Travis Kelsey could really be a trendsetter for that position because it's always you're a tight end. You're not a wide receiver. Yeah. But the way the NFL is played now, especially if you're a Travis Kelsey level tight end, you're essentially a wide receiver. Like, it's kind of like how in basketball, it's positionless basketball, right? You have, yeah. like, these stretch fours or guys that are playing – the point guard, but they're really six, eight, like a Luca, right? Like it's unconventional. And I feel like that's kind of the mode that Travis Kelsey is in right now where he should on paper. I mean, if Ty Tyreek Hill's getting 30, we all agree that Travis Kelsey was the number one option with Tyreek Hill on that team. So why isn't he getting anything near that? But he's a tight end. So I think we kind of have to get rid of this position title thing and really just look at the production. I think that will happen eventually, but he could be the guy that could really change it. Now, thankfully, as a Chiefs fan, a Chiefs supporter, you're happy that he's not willing to break the bank and he's willing to play on these team-friendly deals, which is funny to say because he still is the highest paid at his position. And if you look at the average tight end salary, I believe it's around only like $2 million. Like the average tight end is like making $2 million a year. Charles Kelsey is making about three times that. So if you look at just the title of his position, he is not underpaid. 
But if you just look at him as a football player, he is definitely underpaid. Do you know what Kelsey's salary is for next season? I just shot a message in the chat. I didn't. Uh, it's around what? I don't want to misquote. Um, I agree with you on him being underpaid, obviously. I think that's pretty cut and dry. The bigger part of this quote that I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you really hang your hat on is, you know, the open market looks fun until you go somewhere and you don't win. That is something that not everybody values. And I know we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit a little bit later in this episode and about what his values are as far as the free agent market. And I know you even tweeted earlier today you couldn't even believe he was still a free agent. Travis Kelsey has shown you right here in black and black and white that he values winning. And they're coming off another Super Bowl win. Serta shot it in the chat just now. His base salary for the upcoming season is $11.25 million dollars. Which, as Mark mentioned, if the average salary for uh, the uh, tight end in the National Football League is two, he's in that top 1% uh, or top 5%, whatever it is, of earners. And as you mentioned, the league, I don't know if this is a collective bargaining uh, agreement or what it is, but it's you're paid based on your position. Um, franchise tag, a lot of these things and these mechanisms that teams use, it's based on position. You can ask running backs how they feel about getting – uh, the short end of the stick now and that kind of thing. I know we're zooming through this episode and, and, and we're trying to get uh, prepared for training camp, but I think eventually the Chiefs are going to sit down with Travis Kelsey and come up with something that looks a little bit more fair. And what do you think that looks like number-wise? Like, what, 15 per? 15 per is like what? That's upper level or above average wide receiver money? Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm Kelsey's people, and as we know – Agents are supremely motivated by getting the highest number possible. I mean, obviously, and he mentioned in this quote, like his agents are going to tell him all the time, like, hey, yo, man, like <laughs> you saw what you saw what this guy just got. You saw what this guy just got. You, Darren Waller or when dudes start to come up and Mahomes has talked about it in the past as far as, you know, wanting to carry the water for the quarterbacks and always moving the bar up and raising the bar. Um, it, it it was interesting to see this quote. There was a lot of good stuff in that Vanity Fair. He wasn't the cover of it, but there was a. It, it was almost like he was the secondary story there for Vanity Fair. Um, yeah, a lot of people was. were very selective in what quotes they want to take out and tweet out as well. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom didn't like it. Uh, trying to make him seem like he was unhappy, even though he did eventually say that you know he does care about winning at the end of the day. That's his ultimate driving force, but. You know, it would be nice to get paid a little more. Who wouldn't want to get paid more, right? <laughs> more, more from Serta here. He ranks the top five NFL tight ends by their salary. Travis Kelsey is the number third ranked at around 14.3. We mentioned the base salary was 11.25, um, a 14.3 for this upcoming season. Number two, George Kittle, who you would also mention in that class, $15 million. And then this one, I don't know if it's a surprise. I know he's been banged up. Obviously, the talent is there. Former Raiders tight end, now Giants tight end. Darren Waller, the top paid tight end uh, at about $17 million. Uh, that, that was what we were saying, right? I mean, put him, put, put him in their base. You know, move, move the base up or make the, incentive, make the incentives to where it's like make the Pro Bowl or, you know, 50 catches or something to where it's like, all right, you know, we got you. We got you. We hear you. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's not an issue right now. I don't know where you stand on that. I don't think it's an issue. Uh, we kind of talked about, you know, with the Mahomes contract as well, right? Like, do you just come to the table and just give them everything right now? Like, you're just in a rush to pay 
Mahomes off this friendly deal. Wow, there's no pressure right now. There's no pressure. Just let it ride. Let it I ride. never, I never said, I never said yeah, apply I'm pressure on the side of like just make make them keep them happy. But keep yeah. your stars happy. Hell yeah, yeah. Mark, what you mean? But he's already happy. He's already happy. Absolutely, he's happy. But and. We covered this topic, and we're going to cover this topic again. I best believe it'll come up. I don't think there's any sense of urgency. I don't think Travis Kelsey is holding out from training camp or anything like that. He's in the inner circle in the core of this team. He is one of your your three cornerstones of your franchise right now. We're not talking about just anybody, Mark. Like, we got to – when we're talking having this conversation with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey getting paid, you got to remember, those are the two people that are eating the most out of of the plate. So when I say that, it – it's because of the importance of what they mean to the team. Let's move on. Let's talk Chris Jones because he was heavily talked on our last episode, episode 48. Had my good friend Harold Kuntz on from Fox 4 here in Kansas City. I thought he did a great job. You know, Harold is not going to fly and take takes and, and be anything that you are on social media, but uh, it was good for him to stop by. And we talked about Chris Jones not making an appearance at the ring ceremony. We didn't have this piece of information then. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, that he was sick. Right? That he was sick. We did have that piece. Yeah, I'm yeah, tripping. Yeah. I'm yeah. tripping. What's the latest on Chris Jones? Are you nervous yet? Where's your panic meter at? This can be quick. I'm at the same place I was two weeks ago. Um, until a training camp starts and he's not there, then maybe I'll have a, a couple of bumps up. But right now, like if you gave me, if you want me to give you like one through ten, I'm at a on panic, probably like a two or a three. Like, I'm very low. I'm very that's low. moved up. I think I was at a one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that I think that's why I put this on here. The latest wasn't that he was sick. It was that he showed up to the barbecue festival was a couple of days later or something like that um, mm-hmm. and was spotted at Arrowhead. And he made sure to post, which I thought was very interesting as well. And, and people in the chat, we were talking about this last time. I was like, oh, it's just a coincidence, man. Like, you know, he just got it's like. There is no such thing as coincidences in the middle of a contract negotiation. When Chris Jones is coincidentally not at the ring ceremony and then coincidentally posts on his Instagram at Arrowhead and tags the Chiefs, that's not a coincidence, Mark. It's not. That was the new information. And I thought to me that was another marker. Whether or not Chris is happy or not, we don't we we can speculate on that. But what we can say is he's playing the game. He's 100 percent you know, pushing the certain buttons to get fans to kind of react, to get kind of things moved, to not show up to mandatory minicamp. He's absolutely playing the game as far as the contract negotiation needs to go. So if you have the answer right now, will the deal be done before day one of training camp? Where are you at? Yes or no? Um, I'm saying yes. I think it's done right before day one. Like you think before day one? I do. I, I really thought the speculation was that they were waiting for one more domino to fall contract wise, and we haven't had any. We haven't had any contract any contract dominoes as far as defensive linemen are concerned. That is true. That is true. So that until is- until we start to see the market kind of flurry again, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any. I mean, Chris only gains leverage by not going. If he goes to camp, what's the leverage? That is true, but I'm I'm assuming that before then we do have another contract that happens prior to his. I okay. think we're just, we're just waiting on Quinn and Williams, I believe, right? That sounds right. That sounds I right. Just, I think it's just Quinn and Williams that we're waiting on at this point. So I do think that gets done within the next two weeks, and then you'll see Chris Jones happen immediately after. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Serta just clarified. Yeah, Quentin Williams is the player that seemed to be waiting on. Yeah. Uh, so with that information, I'll say no. And uh, rookies report on the 18th. Vets don't have to the 21st. I mean, does Chris Jones really need more than two preseason games? One preseason game, maybe. No, but it would be nice to have him there for the young guys yeah. on the D line. You know, just as a, a mentor, especially if we don't have. Frank Clark anymore, and then Dunlap is probably going to be a late, late training camp preseason signing. So you really don't have much, really no veterans on that D line right now. So it would be nice for him for that aspect to have him around. It's a tradition unlike any other. We're wondering about the Chiefs D line right before training camp starts. <laughs> we will keep an eye on that. Let's look back to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. And more information comes out. I don't know if this is new information. I don't know if this is old information. It was published by Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk, who says that the NFL has an unofficial excuse for the situation that was the grass and the turf in Super Bowl 57. I think CJ, CGJG, Gardner Johnson, the Eagle, former Eagles corner, he basically said, you know, play that game on – a regular field and it's a different story and then pro football talk says the unofficial excuse is that the players were not wearing the right cleats the eagles reportedly changed their cleats at halftime as a team and it still didn't matter is this uh, i'm so tired of this story man i'm so this is like the, this is like the zapruder film or like some sort of like conspiracy theory everybody will or like jp cooper or that dude who jumped out of a plane like everybody will have their own theory on on the grass and what went wrong because i keep thinking about it like this if the roles were reversed in the eagles one this would not be a story I, I don't see the chiefs players making this excuse and being on twitter talking about man i wish if the grass was right then we would have won run that back i just <laughs> i don't see and you know why i know that because i didn't see nobody say that after the buck super bowl when we played with our backup offensive line essentially i didn't hear no excuses i mean the fans did of course but not from the players of the organization so to me it is really it it almost seems like the eagles don't think they're ever going to get back like i don't know it just seems like they, they knew that was their chance that was their one shining moment and it got slipped away and now they're never going to go back which i don't think that's even they shouldn't feel that way. I mean, they still have a really good roster. I think they're still the favorites to come up the NFC this year. Uh, I mean, they arguably have the best roster in football. Like, they're stacked on both sides of the ball. But I do think now, like, the fact that this is still going on, I, I really do think it doesn't bode well for their matchup in Kansas City this year in the regular season. Because, you know, the Chiefs players are like, okay, well, we know Arrowhead – we have great grass in Arizona. <laughs> so can't you can't you see it now that the Chiefs win that game? The Chiefs players being petty on social media and the post grabbing the grass. And... Yeah, I can totally see that. Like <laughs> they're so quiet right now, but they're waiting for that game to be like, well, what, what about now? We played on good grass, so what's the excuse? <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Two things there. The first of it being the grass impacted the game, but both teams played on the same field. I think it neutralized Philly more because their strength was the defensive line. And there's really no, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Like if you play a game in the snow, certain teams are going to be more prepared for a snow game than others. If you play a game that has sight lines and the eye crowded, like it's just, there's so many different things you could point to. Yes, the grass was an issue. Uh, I don't love it being used as an excuse. Secondarily, I just lost my point. I don't even know what I was going to say. DG, DJ DG says they changed the grass during the commercial breaks. That's very <laughs> funny there. Uh, Kyle still rocking what it says. Both teams play on the same field. What was I going to say? You were talking about Philly. I was talking about the game this season in the regulars when they played this year in Arrowhead. So there's not going to be no grass excuse in this one because the Chiefs are known for having the best natural grass in the league and, you know, all of that jazz. So I think Philly also is really reeling because, I mean, they had a really good team last year, man. That, I mean, I know people called it an instant classic in the moment and now it's the most viewed Super Bowl of all time. Those were two very, very good teams. We've seen bad Super Bowls in the past. I think immediately back to that Patriots Rams Super Bowl in, in Atlanta. Lord of mercy. Your hometown. Um, of course, it'll be your hometown that hosts one of the most boring Super Bowls in recent memory. How you see this? You see, the, you, see, you see the best team in baseball right now? Ah, yeah. 58 and 28. Yes, sir. Eight all-stars and all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 49. Let's keep going. We got two more topics here before we get out of here. Love seeing y'all comments in the chat. If y'all got any questions to get us in here before we get on a training camp, send them now or forever hold your peace. This is funny, man, because we pick and choose when we want to support PFF, but it's list season because there's no content on the air, just baseball. So PFF ranks the NFL's top 10 coaches entering 2023. And you guessed it. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid is the top ranked coach in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. They say Reid is the best. There's just no debate. Yes, he has Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes didn't make Reid who he is as a head coach. He enhanced him. As an all-time great coach-quarterback relationships do, Reed is not perfect. No head coach is, but since he took over the Chiefs in 2013, he is 129 and 52, including the postseason with a cumulative offensive grade of 93.6 in those 10 years. Do not take it for granted, Mark Gunnels. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue this one, right? I mean, you look at a Bill Belichick and. Unfortunately, we're going to always say, what has he done without Tom Brady? Uh, missed the playoffs. We obviously know he wasn't a good head coach in Cleveland before New England. So that's always going to stick with him unless he wins without him. And then it doesn't help the fact that in the first year Tom Brady leaves, 
he wins the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. So it makes it look like that was more Tom Brady there. And while Andy Reid never won a Super Bowl without Mahomes, he has been the one. He's been the four NFC championship games in Philadelphia. He's had multiple, several winning seasons without Patrick Mahomes. So we always knew he was a great coach, but now he's at that next level now where you could put him in all-time arguments, like top five all-time arguments at this point. At, at the time, he was top five currently in the league amongst his peers. But now I think after two Super Bowls now, what, nine total conference championships? If you count count the four in Philly and five here in Kansas City, that's a lot, man. It's a lot of success, a lot of winning. And obviously Mahomes enhanced it, but I think they both helped each other because I don't think Mahomes would be quite this Mahomes without Andy Reese play calling, you know, very creative. Yeah. I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl, guys wide open in the end zone. So I, I definitely think it goes hand in hand. The coach, quarterback, and then when you add in that front office and GM element of it, it makes it a very special time to be here in the kingdom. I thought the most poignant point of this was the second paragraph. Reed is not perfect. No head coach is. And Chiefs fans, let's let's keep that in perspective. When we're yelling at Reed about timeouts or when we're yelling about uh, a shovel pass or there was plays, I remember in 2021 and 2022, where you're just like, why this, why that, or nitpicking. He's not perfect, but he's still one of the best ever to do this. And it is something special to behold. I wonder how long I remember right before the Super Bowl. There was the rumor that, you know, this might be it or if he you know, if they win. I remember Jay Glazer was the one that put his name on that and said that Reed might be hanging it up. I think he knows how special this run in a run is as well. Mahomes has said, you know, it's we're maximizing this window, not just with the players, but with the coaching staff. Um, Andy Reid is one of the best ever, and the Chiefs are lucky to have him. Andy Reid's training camp is also one of the most brutal, according to the players, and it starts very, very soon. July 18th, Chiefs rookies and quarterbacks will report to the campus of Missouri Western State University in St. Joe for the 13th edition of training camp, uh, Chiefs training camp. They're one of the few teams who goes away. I was looking at all the looking at all the league dates and report dates and locations, the Chiefs still do the old school bunk beds, go somewhere else. It's not at the team facility. Um, it's grueling. And this year, because of the Thursday opener, um, it's earlier than usual. Um, but we will uh, we will have our next episode the first day after that. Training camp opens on the 18th for media. Then veterans report on the 21st. First preseason game is August 13th. And camp breaks on the 17th. Um, you don't have to go deep on this, but just we're here, man. It's, it's kind of crazy that it's our, like our next pod. We will be one day into Chiefs training camp. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're looking at the position battles, right? And we wouldn't be coast to coast if we didn't mention the wide receiver room at least once. There it is. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were going to get out of here clean, man. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I think the big question now is, are they going to keep six this year? Are they going to keep six? And I, I, I think they are. I really do. I think that they like uh, the potential there of maybe a Richie James as that sixth guy because uh, he brings some value on special teams in the return game. So I, I do think you see that possible. Um, I think we pretty much know the top four, obviously, is going to be KT, Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, 
Rasheed Rice and MVS. I think you'll throw Justin Watson in there as the fifth guy. I feel pretty comfortable in saying that. Uh, sorry for all the Justin Ross people out there. Uh, I just, I know we talk about it a lot, man. I just don't see a pathway. I mm. just don't. When you're the sixth mm. receiver, you're the fifth or sixth guy, and you don't bring any special teams value, I, I just don't see how you make the roster. And uh, maybe John Ross, because he has some potential in special teams as well. Uh, I know they kind of liked him early on. So we'll see, man. But I do think their room is so deep right now. I'll be kind of surprised at this point if they don't keep six receivers. Wide receiver room will be interesting. And so will the running back room. That'll be the position battle that I have my eyes on entering training camp. I was talking with Jesse Newell of the KC Star at the Chiefs ring ceremony on the red carpet. And he poised this question. Under over 50 and a half carries for Clyde Edwards Alaire in a Chiefs uniform. I hammered the over. I think he's going to be an impact player in the Chiefs offense, especially because we don't exactly know where Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon are at right now. Neither of them really were participating in the mini camp or team periods up to this point. Uh, I think Clyde is someone who could also be traded. Uh, and that's no information. That's not me sourcing. Please don't put this out there and aggregate it. But I can see both sides of the – I could uh, like he's just one of those guys we're entering training camp. I can see both sides um, of a really wide spectrum. So I'll have my eyes on the running back room as we enter St. Joe, Lord of Mercy. Hottest days of the year are here. But Mike Vick, if you were listening to this episode of She's Coast to Coast, I missed you last year at camp, my guy. Come back. Come on. I got a Wheaties box. I need your signature, man. Mike Vick, need that. <laughs> Atlanta legend right there, huh? The one and only, man. Him and Andy Reid are, are real close. And uh, it, I, I'm killing myself that I didn't I didn't see that. I, I oh, really man. Heard it, man. Are we uh, going to get into D-Hop before we get out of here? What you got for me, man? <laughs> I don't want to get it. D-Hop is not coming to Kansas City. Well, do you, tell, me, tell me why he is. Tell me why tone. he is. I'm not saying he is, but I'm surprised your tone hasn't changed just a little bit. The fact he hasn't been signed yet. He went on his visits, what, almost a month ago at this point when he visited the Titans, the Patriots. And there was a report out there. I, I forgot who said it, so don't quote. But they were basically saying that D-Hop isn't too fond of catching passes from Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill. Who would be? Who would be? He allegedly wants to go somewhere where he can get paid and compete at the same time. So what if I pitch to you? What is this, Candyland? What else does he want? Yo, does he want a Maserati too? I mean, golly. I mean, he could get that with his, with his contract potentially, right? But uh, nothing, nothing has changed. Let me get no, 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 nothing, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Something okay. So you don't think nothing's changed? Did you think he'll be signed by now? Are you surprised that he's not signed yet? Yes, because all the indications were early that it would be a fast decision. Um, but I, I am okay to answer your question. Yes, I am surprised that he he has not landed anywhere yet. So what if I pitch to you because he's known for a guy that doesn't like to practice that much. <laughs> He don't like to practice. He wants to get paid and get the ball. Yo, you think he's coming to Kansas City? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to say this. If the Chiefs get the deal done with Chris Jones, that frees up money to where you could get a D-hop. Theoretically, it could happen. I mean, because the, the you got to think about it. The field is small now. I mean, 
Is he just going to what's the new what, what, what's the new information here? Because I did see you sent something in the yeah, chat. Yeah, Jeremy Flower uh, Fowler on ESPN said uh, the Chiefs are in contact, been in contact with them still to this point. That's not so, new information. They've been in contact with him since the draft. Well, you would think at this point, because you know Brett Veach is quick to move. He on. hasn't signed anywhere yet, Mark. I of know, course, but, Brett Veach is still in contact with him. He's just doing but, his due diligence. But still, I'm sure that he obviously he has no money to offer right now. So, you know, Brett Veach has a hard number and he's quick to move on whether the guy is signed or not. So I think that is relevant. I think that is re- relevant. The fact that they're still in contact up until this point. And I, you I were just talking about five wide receivers of the roster are locks and none of them are contributors on special well, teams. You and you want to add another wide receiver who don't who doesn't compete on special teams. Well, if you bring in D-Hop, then the sixth receiver will then be Justin Watson, who did uh punt returns last year i don't think it's happening i'm not saying it is but i i'm i'm more optimistic than i was two or three weeks ago and to me that jeremy fowler report is just agents floating news to basically float news it it, it isn't that's not new information we we know they've been in contact nothing has changed but does it get to a point where he's obviously not gonna get the money that that he wants so he has to go somewhere on a one-year team-friendly deal. And what better place to go to raise your stock than Kansas City? I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I get that. And my response to that would be, okay, if you're D-Hop and you're looking at the offers and they're not what you want, are you going to go from, okay, well, I'll take this nine mil or I'll take this one mil and go to KC? I, I just don't. I mean, yeah, he cannot be fond of catching passes from Ryan Tannehill and Mac Jones because obviously those are not Patrick Mahomes level quarterbacks. But is that an eight million dollar difference? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I, I just don't. I, I don't think that it's. I don't think it's happening. But the fact that he's still out there, we'll stay close to it and we'll stay monitoring it. You're so over the D Hop talk. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't make sense from the jump. Really, I mean, if he wanted to take the veteran main the veteran that's all kansas city is offered and that's not me reporting anything that's just me knowing what what the situation is they have offered him a veteran minimum deal come here for the homie price and that deal will always be there for him whether i mean legitimately that, that deal will always be there for him so if he knows that go take the trip to, to tennessee if they can offer you to nine go take the trip to, to new england if they can offer you the 11 but know that when you get there you're gonna be in hell and you're probably not gonna win anything and I firmly do believe, and there was a report, I think, from The Athletic that he would probably be a chief if it wasn't for the Ravens giving that crazy deal to OBJ. I really, truly believe that. I think that really messed up his mind. He's like, OBJ didn't even play last year, and he got, what, 15? <laughs> Timing is everything. Timing matters with the D-Hop deal. Timing matters with the Chris Jones deal. And timing will matter next week, episode 50, Chiefs Coast to Coast. We will be recapping the first day of training camp from the campus of Missouri Western up in St. Joe. Man, Mark, can you just hold my truck? Can you come to St. Joe and at least hold a tripod or do something? You, you I mean, something. How at least throw, you, me a, throw me a retweet or something. How much are you paying an hour? Give my 75 back, then we can talk. Wow. <laughs> We're out, man. We're out. <laughs>